Welcome. Crime Calls and Coffee. <laughs> In case you didn't know, I'm Bryn. I'm Kelsey. And welcome. We Our episode today is a little different than usual, but it we is. are so excited. I think I haven't been this excited about an episode in a little while. Like, I'm (laughs) so excited. Yeah, it's really cool. We will get into that in a little bit. First, you want to do our coffee review? Yeah. So, today, we actually branched out a little bit. We decided to try one of the coffees that mom loves the most. It's just a different kind of day. Yeah, (laughs) just different. Um, She had it in the house, and she talks about how much she loves it all the time. It's from Double Barrel Roasters. It's delicious. It's really good. So their Instagram handle is double barrel underscore roasters. Their website is doublebarrelroasters.com. We're not going to go too much into their about me and stuff because we, we typically try to just save that for the people who actually sent it to us. So right. we give a little more back to who them we as were well. in direct contact with. Yeah. But we were like, why not? We'll try this one. And on their website, if you go on, you can look at the one that we're trying. It's under a little tab called Flavored. And you just click the drop-down bar, and we have the coconut flavor today. Mm-hmm. But they have ones that sound fucking amazing. We're actually going to try <laughs> reaching out to them because just we listen love to this th- coffee. And these flavors sound so delicious. We're thinking yeah. we want to go into a deeper uh, kind of... Rating, rating and, and review, review with them, yeah. So here's some of the other ones other than the coconut that we have today. Cinnamon chocolate truffle, like what? Um, our classic hazelnut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, peppermint maple nut crunch. Yum. Um, caramel, obviously, or caramel, however the fuck you say. <laughs> Blueberry cobbler. I want the toasted almond. Toasted I want almond. the toasted almond. I know, and they have a bunch of other ones on there that aren't flavored as well, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Double Barrel Roasters, we will be in touch. Yes. And we're reviewing you anyway today because mom raves about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So, what would you, do you want to talk about how it tastes first? Yeah. So, honestly, the first sip I took, I was like, oh my god, this is so delicious because I'm a huge coconut fan, coconut anything. Yeah, you can taste the coconut immediately. You you definitely taste the coconut. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not one of those coffees where it's, like, they're a little bit, but... Yeah. Like, you taste it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the smell. The Mm -hmm. smell is amazing. You could smell the coconut. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost eating... An Almond um, Joy. Like a Mounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or an Almond Joy with the, the coconut, coconut. Flavoring, flavoring mm-hmm. in it. It's similar to that, I feel. It's not overpowering. It's subtle enough, but it's um, it's flavored enough that you can taste the coconut for sure. Mm-hmm. And smell it. Mm-hmm. I also think it's um, cre- a creamier. I know we use that phrase frequently, but it's like a creamier smooth. coffee. Yeah, very smooth. This one, I f- it doesn't say they're roast on the website, but I feel like it is either a medium or dark roast. I'm leaning more towards dark because I do taste a tiny bit of bitterness in there, but that's just me. And today, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn really likes this one. I do as well. I love it. What would you rate it? I would rate it nine. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I... Could, I could drink this coffee every day. No fucking way. Yeah. You haven't rated anything a nine since... Fable Grounds. Fable Grounds truffle. Hades! Hades. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this one. I probably wouldn't go as high as a nine. I'm probably going to give it like a, um, an eight. I'll okay. go an eight. Okay. Yeah. It's still really good. Yeah. And I just have... The Hades has my heart, I think. Yeah. I can't. Hades has my heart in a different way. Yeah. Because I do... 
I I love Hades, but at the same time, I like like I like I just love coconut. I think yeah. that's what it is, and this yeah. is the perfect flavoring of coconut. I believe it's not too sweet because I don't right. like super sweet, but it's not so under flavored where you're like, wait, this is supposed wait, to be coconut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So yeah, that's really good, <laughs> delicious. Do you have any stories to tell? Uh oh, I have something. What? Bring got a tattoo and didn't tell me <laughs> until like a month after she oh. had it. My whole family is ripping me a new <laughs> asshole because of it. Like Carson sends me a picture. She goes, "Did you know Bring got this tattoo?" <laughs> my brother Casey tried scratching it with his nail because he thought it was fake. <laughs> like it I was like, "No, I haven't seen that one." He's like, "None of us has." Funny thing. I know. I said though, it's not like I got my half sleeve done and was like, "Oh, by the way, guys, you had it's the needles thing. in your arm," and you were just like, "Oops, didn't well, remember." It's I guess you have a lot of tattoos though. Yeah, I and honestly, really. I've forgotten to put ointment on this thing for the past week because I forgot I have it. <laughs> like, I have been trying to get this small thing for probably over a year now. Mm-hmm. And finally, I, I mentioned it to one of my friends and she, her place of business is next door to a tattoo shop and mm-hmm. she so happened to mention it to the, a guy that works there and he's like, I can get her in in two days. Have her message me. Yep. So that's how I went in, like, super quickly, got it, and it just slipped my mind since then, because <laughs> it wasn't really a planned thing. It's, like, a small tattoo. It's, it's not, like, a big piece. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've had other shit going on more important than re- me I remembering. Guess. <laughs> I guess. Everyone's Thought I knew so everything mad. about your life. Everyone's so... You do. <laughs> Everyone's so mad and so offended. I didn't know, like, it could hurt feelings this much, but... You can. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't care that much. Carson My brothers do. Carson and Casey are like, who are you? How yeah. could you... How dare you <laughs> have a life outside of this home? Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, so do we want to get into today's episode? Yeah. All right. So we were lucky and blessed enough Mm -hmm. to have this woman named Lexi reach out to us. Yeah. To ask us to share her story, her incredible, horrifying... Traumatizing. Yeah, traumatizing, yet amazing... Story. Story, because of how she has come out of it. And reacted. Yeah, her amazing story, she has asked us to, if she could share it on our platform, mm-hmm. she kind of wants to use this as a chance to not only help herself heal, but to help other people who Maybe. might be going through the same thing. Right, and I just, I can't even believe that we're lucky enough to be able to share her story on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, she reached out and we were like, holy shit, we have to talk to her. Yeah. We have to call her. Yeah. And... Yeah. Us, I mean, I just, I feel so lucky that she reached out to us, you know? I know. I feel like it was meant to be for some reason, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad she did, and now I want to be friends with her. We've, we've made this clear, and you guys <laughs> will hear in the, in our conversation with her, we were like, Lexi, we want to be your friend, because <laughs> she is just such an amazing person. Just the way she turned things around yeah. from what a horrible situation she went through, and... She's funny as fuck. It's just amazing. <laughs> she was funny as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're so lucky to be able to have her talk here, and I think you guys are really gonna like her story. Yeah, so, 
should we just let her get into it? Yeah. We don't, and it was really hard, we will say, we let her tell her story without us kind of, like, interrupting or interjecting. Yeah. And it was so hard Mm -hmm. to not, like, comment and say stuff while she was talking because it was just mind-blowing, some of the things that she talked about. Yeah. And just so you guys are aware, she did leave names out of the story. Yes. Um, That was on purpose. Yeah, for safety purposes and... Uh, we don't want to be sued for defamation of character or right. anything like that. We didn't want to expose anything personal. Right. And for her own safety as well. So, um, yeah, you she will be just referencing people by him, her, or like yeah. my dad, my brother, whoever. Right. No names are involved. Right. So you so, want to let her get into it? Yeah. Without further ado, here is our conversation with Lexi. Yeah. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Couldn't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Lexi. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Thank you so much for telling your story today. Of course. Thank you for letting me tell my story. (laughs) We're so excited to have everybody hear what you have to say. So we will let you jump into it and get started and we'll talk to you at the end okay awesome all right so um like they said my name is Lexi and this is just my story about how my father was a cult leader so my dad has always been a habitual liar he lied about his occupation his marital status like where he went to school uh college degrees um so this was not really much of a shocker. (laughs) Um, My dad left my mom, my brother, and I and moved to Alaska and then remarried after divorcing my mom. Um, My dad believed that he was a prophet from God and he believed that God talked to him directly. Um, He has no professional diagnosed mental illness that I know of, but a medical professional in my life suggested that he showed signs of schizophrenia. Anyways, um, <laughs> once my dad got comfortable in Alaska, he began telling people that he had ran a church back home with, where I lived. Uh, that's definitely not true. Um, people began trusting my dad with like their problems and their secrets, like thinking if they told him like God would hear it quicker, which I mean, I totally understand, but it it all went downhill from there. Um, So out of nowhere, my dad said that God wanted him to move back home to Washington. And this means one of his lies definitely caught up to him. Um, He only moves when something goes wrong where he's at. And so he packed everything up and moved back to a small town in Washington. So there was a mother-in-law house on their farm. They had, like, they moved to a farm back here in Washington. And sometime afterwards, my dad had met a pastor of a pre-existing church. um, And they kind of just immediately hit it off. And my dad, of course, said, hey... I used to run a church. I am a prophet. Um, How are you doing? (laughs) And this guy basically said that we would love you to be a part of our church, blah, 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 blah. And um, they converted that mother-in-law house into the church and thus 
Nicole was born. Um, so quickly, my dad and stepmom were made head pastors. If I recall correctly, it was like a week or two. Like they were inducted as like head pastors of the church. Everybody recognized them as the head pastors. Everybody loved them. And that's when my dad got like the power he clearly had been wanting. Um, so, um, I have some experiences with going to that church because I used to have to visit my dad over the summer. And, um, so they, they definitely stole money, um, from the followers. And, um, to my dad, the stolen money equaled dedication, so our first worship was completely normal like there was that typical worship music and um then my dad came up to take offering in a cowboy hat uh, which i think is so funny (laughs) (laughs) oh he started telling the congregation that in order to perform a miracle god needed money um this was not only to get his followers to display loyalty not only did his followers willingly give him money, but they believed everything he said and asked no question. No one ever questioned my dad. No one, like, questioned what he was preaching, questioned the authenticity of, like, him being a prophet, which I think is so weird. They just were like, yeah, that's the prophet guy. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Um, so over the summer, my brother worked with my dad for some extra cash, so I just stayed home and I watched the house, which was pretty normal for me. Um, all I did was kind of just watch the dog, make sure the dog got outside, and I literally just watched movies all day. Um, one day my dad comes home pissed, like, he is furious, he, like, throws his stuff on the counter. My brother has, like, no idea what's going on. Neither of us do. And he starts yelling at me saying that God told him that I drank all the alcohol in the house. And I would like to like preface this by saying there is no way I would ever drink alcohol at my abuser's household. Like that makes no sense. Um, (laughs) So I kept telling him, I was like, I definitely didn't. Like I did not And he kept saying that God told him and there were cameras all over the house and he's going to go check the footage. And he's like, what? And he did not believe me. He would not show me camera footage, which there wasn't any, just to clarify. Um, He didn't believe me because it was my word versus God's word. And why would... Why would God lie to him? So I was sent up to my room. He took my phone and my laptop. My brother's phone was taken as well. And that meant there was zero contact with anyone, even my mom, um, for the time being until we we went home, I think, the next day. Um, So I'm sitting in my room. I'm not sure what was going to happen. Um, you know, I was just kind of like reading a book. I'm kind of used to this at this point. (laughs) It's been my whole life. So my little brother comes into my room and he's like, 
like you have to come look outside and so we go to the window it's a two-story house and we're, we're looking down and we see my dad my stepmom and the two original pastors like standing in a circle holding hands and like praying it was so weird mm. my dad convinced the pastors to come stand outside of the house and my door and pray the antichrist out of me um later that night um i was 17 years old at the time and my dad told me i wouldn't live to see 18 um he said that god told him that my boyfriend and I would die in a horrific car crash after sneaking out to a concert. Um, that was so traumatizing for me. Um, I had just, you know, gotten my license. I, um, this was before COVID. So I had plans to go to concerts that summer. I was, you know, just being a normal teenager. And this guy that I grew up like knowing and loving it's like, hey, BT dubs, you're going to pass away in a car crash. Good luck, buddy. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm 19. I went to the I went to a concert the following month and um, I'm about to hit two years with my boyfriend. So I don't know. Maybe God was wrong <laughs> at church the next day. Um, my dad tried to embarrass me with an altar call. He was like all the alcoholics, (laughs) he didn't really say that, but he was like, if somebody here is struggling with an alcohol addiction, come up to the front and we'll pray for you. Like, nobody went up front, (laughs) which I think is so funny. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, if you're an alcoholic, you should go up there. (laughs) Um, One of my, my favorite incidents is the arrow incident. So, at church the next morning, the morning we were leaving, um, the pastor's wife was like saying she was in horrific pain because, and I quote, the pro-choice witches made a deal with Satan to have an arrow shot through her shoulder so she couldn't speak at the pro-life event. Um, why would (laughs) I go off um, and my dad, like, this, he dramatically emerges from the back, and he's like, I see the arrow. <laughs> and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So my dad saw the invisible arrow and starts, like, oh my God. he calls the, um, the other pastor up, and he's like, can you see it? And he looks my dad, like, dead in the eyes and is like, yes. So they are just sitting there like walking around this woman touching this invisible arrow and they eventually start trying to pull it out um the pastor's wife is like sobbing and like screaming as the guys are like pantomiming pulling this arrow out and i mean people in the congregation are like crying and praying for her i mean i can't imagine seeing somebody you've known for years like, in such agonizing pain like that, and not crying or feeling that empathy, and so my dad (laughs) looks over at me, and then looks at the pastor, and goes, her hands are glowing, 
obviously my hands weren't glowing. Um, I don't feel like I have to say that, but I feel like I should. Um, (laughs) So they have me come up front in front of the congregation and pray over this woman with an invisible arrow in her shoulder with my glowing hands. And the congregation eats this up. This was their favorite, like, oh my God, that is that man's daughter. Of course she would be gifted. Like, okay. And anyways, he starts, like, describing the arrow to, like, the church. And he was like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, any, like, hunting arrows. But um, it's, like, a hunting arrow, he said, with barbed wire in it and, like, spikes on it. Which, I don't think somebody could live through that, but, <laughs> um, after this, they, um, they brought, they separated me and my brother, and they brought my brother to a back room. I don't know what they told him. I don't think it was anything, like, crazy, because he never told me. Um, but they brought me to a back room, and they were like, just because you have godly powers doesn't mean you're not evil, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and they um then they sat me and my brother down and prayed over um like our journey back home and were like <laughs> good luck being with your mom and I hope God spares your life and I was like, Oh my god, I am seventeen. <laughs> um but yeah, so I don't believe that, um, well, the cult is not running because my dad moved yet again, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I, if I heard something about him starting a new one somewhere. (laughs) That was absolutely insane. And we wanted to say thank you so much for having like the courage to come out and actually talk about everything that went on. It's so important that, you know, you got to come on here and talk about it. We are so excited that you um, shared everything you did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. We have some <laughs> questions. <laughs> we, have, we have lots of questions. <laughs> so the first one was, do you know what your dad did with the money that he stole from the congregation right in the beginning? Yeah, um... He uh, he told them, like, this was for a miracle. And I guess the miracle was to go out and buy gun ammunition. Oh, my God. And odd pizza. <laughs> 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 so, I, that was, yeah, I remember going in with him, like, me and my brother after hours. And, like, watching my dad, like, take down the cowboy hat. And I was like, hey what are you doing with that oh my god so like the moment he unhinged the cowboy hat he was like ready to roll yeah he knew he knew what that cowboy hat was for oh my god so when you talked about how he came into the house and said that there was cameras you know watching you guys was there actually cameras set up throughout the house no okay um me and my, uh, I talked to my mom about it, and I honestly think that's one of his, like, delusions. Yeah. And he uses it to, like, manipulate people, 
So he's like, yeah, there are cameras in the house. Watch what you do. Oh, my God. There was another time he accused me and my brother of um, searching through his stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. he said while he was at work, me and my brother, like, went through their clothes and, like, went through my dad's, like, mattress. And he said he caught it on camera. So he called my mom and she's like, I would love to see this camera footage because, like, my kids would never do that, and he never provided camera footage. Yeah. Wow. That's, like, a manipulative thing to do. That's horrible. Yeah, he's, like, using his delusions to his advantage in a way. Right. It's, it's crazy. That's wow. Horrible. So, how did you find ways to cope with everything that was going on? Like, how did you get, or at least start to move past your the trauma that you went through? Um... <laughs> Definitely humor. Humor has helped me a lot. Clearly, you're a very Um, hilarious person. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my friends love to joke about, like, my dad and the fact that my dad is, like, a cult leader. I don't know why it's the funniest thing, but I mean, it kind of is. Um, Like, my roommate, she's like, oh, I'm roommates with the Antichrist. Oh, my God, you're so stupid. Oh, my God. At least you can find humor in the situation, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, obviously, I mean, that was a completely terrifying thing you experienced and traumatizing. And as we've said before, we're so sorry that you went through this, but... It's great that you're using humor to help you cope with yes. everything, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So what advice can you give to others that may be in a similar situation that you were or maybe in a larger um, cult that, you know, they were brought into by their family? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, keep your head up and hold your beliefs, like, to yourself. Like, you know what's right you know what you believe in yeah something that was really hard for me is my dad was really manipulative and he he gaslighted me a lot Mm. and um I definitely know that like I love like looking into cults and stuff now Mm -hmm. so I definitely know that's a big trait of like cult leaders and um I just want them to know like there's nothing wrong with questioning your faith there's nothing wrong with going against what you've been told is right your whole life like sometimes that's what you have to do um you're strong you are you know you are you're gonna be great it's hard at first but you know you can do it for sure wow Wow. you're literally so inspirational i want to cry (laughs) you are i'm like tearing up (laughs) that you're so knowledgeable with i mean just from your own experience and the advice that you just gave is just beautiful it and beautiful. I'm sure it will be helpful for anyone who's listening who's struggling through something. something that they might not even know they're struggling through right yeah I definitely know firsthand like it's really hard like I I absolutely loved my dad mm-hmm. and up until I was like I want to say like 15 mm-hmm. um I didn't question anything he did wow um so it almost felt like I was, like, his first experiment at gaslighting someone and seeing, like, oh, what can I get out of this? Wow. And it's just sad to know that someone is so willing to play with unconditional love. Right. And you were a child. You had no reason to question an adult, especially your father. Absolutely. Right. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. So when did you realize that your dad was a cult leader or at least had... Even if you didn't know, oh, he's a leader, had this cult me- mentality. Um, it was kind of, I 
kind of saw it coming, like, when he was like, yeah, so I'm a head pastor of a church. I was like, oh, my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who gave you this position? Um, But I didn't expect it to go this far. I just expected him to, like, kind of slowly slide his way out of it. But it was when I was there and when they started preaching, like, messages of just absolute hate. Yeah. Yeah. And... I was like, this isn't normal, you know? Right. And I think that's something maybe that other people, like, need to hear is, like, no matter what your religion is or what you believe in, like, nobody should be preaching hate. Right, exactly. that was, like, a really big indicator for me that something was up. Wow. Yeah, we, we had discussed in other episodes how there's such a fine line between being a like super super religious person and like extremist behavior yeah and i think once it starts hurting people that's to the point where it gets like cult-like or in a position where it is extremist and yeah it's just not necessary yeah absolutely i i 100 percent agree yeah and it's just it's really hard you know sitting there like knowing you've gone through that and like I don't know. I just don't want to discredit anybody's experience. And I just, I want everybody to know that they're valid. Because, like, I struggled with this idea that, like, oh, it's all in my head. Like, I made that up. And it, and it's because my dad gaslighted me for so long. Right, and that's part of the manipulation. Yeah, so I just think that's, like, probably one of the craziest parts is, like, for for years I sat there and I was like, no no, you're, you know, you're being dramatic, and it's like, no, no, I was there. Yeah. It it happened to me. Yeah, Yeah, like, that was your experience. Nobody can take that away from you ever. Right. I promise we only have a few more questions, (laughs) but we're so interested. Oh my gosh, yeah, no worries. And you, you're just an absolutely amazing human, and we, we've said, I mean, when we talked to you in the past, and now I'll say it again, we want to be friends. (laughs) 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 okay so i we had to ask can you tell us a little bit more about when the the members of like the congregation came to your window and do you know what they were saying to you or (laughs) (laughs) um it's funny now it's like not funny it was probably like like one of your most horrifying moments but now you're like what what the fuck actually was that yeah exactly discrediting anybody that prays in tongues but maybe this time it shouldn't have happened (laughs) Um, but they were like trying to pray this antichrist out of me i didn't know i had the antichrist and yes i was doing just fine (laughs) you don't (laughs) oh my god Um, but it was just it was so scary i was like are you kidding me right now circled around the house like pushing towards the house like style (laughs) but like almost with the intent of just like pushing that and like you know what i mean like pushing forward like pushing that energy that's just like really creepy it is it was 
something straight out of like a horror movie. Yeah. And and I've been a, I love horror movies. I am like such a fanatic. So like in my head I was like, all right, this is what I have to do. I could probably take on that old lady right there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. You are starring in your own horror film. <laughs> I was, I was the main character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, another question we had was, did you laugh out loud in the moment with the arrow? Because... Um, <laughs> I, I didn't, because... Um, I, I was so hard to hold that in, but I remember just looking at my brother, like, what the actual, like, fuck is he doing? Like, what is this? Yeah. What... It's, you know, if you've ever been to, like, an improv show with a bunch of, like, high school students. That's exactly that's what, what I picture. Like. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> and, like, when you had your hand, your glowing hands over yeah. them, how how did you, I mean, you must have been kind of, fr- like, obviously freaked out, but at the same time, how did you not laugh? Um... <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've been in theater um, since I was like seven and um, I love putting on a good show uh, I just didn't want to okay this is really like sad sounding I just didn't want to get beat when I got home so I was just oh like oh god. yeah god please remove this <laughs> yeah like do what you have so to do stupid. to get through it yeah yeah because wow. I couldn't, I can't imagine what would have happened if I, like, openly, like, called him out in front of his congregation. Oh, yeah, fuck no. That's so that, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you did what you needed to do to protect yourself, which makes complete sense. Right, yeah. I don't know, it's still funny. Like, at one point, I guess I had glowing hands and God inside <laughs> me. Go me. <laughs> so, we have one more question. Um... Did you ever consider trying to leave the situation while you were there at your dad's, or did you know you had to just wait until it was time for you to go back to your mom? That is such a, like, difficult question. Yeah. I I remember being on the phone with my boyfriend, and I'm like, listen, it's only a six-hour drive. Come and get me, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's, um, what was super scary, um, is he wouldn't, like, give his address to anyone, Mm. like, at all. And, um, so, like, my mom didn't really know where we were at. We had to, like, right when we got there, I dropped her my, my location from my phone. Because mm-hmm. I was scared that something was going to go crazy. Because he, he always does this stuff. He's always been like this. Yeah. Wow. And so, it was just like, well, in case something happens, you know where to find me. And That was really like, smart I, of you to do that, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because that's so weird. Like, I don't know what dad would be like, oh, yeah, you can't know where your kids are staying. Like, that's that's weird. Right. But at the same at the same time, too, I mean, as you mentioned, he even besides being this cult leader, which you had known nothing about until you were actually there, he had been this abuser. So there was a reason for you to be like wary of having someone know where you were. Oh, absolutely. I told, I just sent my boyfriend my location. I was not going to, like, <laughs> I refused to die there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, let's and, see. Yeah. Um, but there were times, like, late at night. I didn't, I didn't sleep very often because, you know, I was scared. And so I just, like, listened to music, and I was like, I mean, if I ran, 
how far could I get? Right. You know, he lived in a farm in the middle of nowhere. I'm surrounded by people like he manipulated. Mm-hmm. The whole street went to the church. Oh like, my God. They all knew my dad. So I can't imagine if they see 17 year old me running out in the middle of the night, somebody would stop me. Somebody right. would have grabbed me. So I felt so like trapped and I was like, you just got to get through this. You just got to, got to wait till you can go back to mom. And yeah. I lost it when I, when I came back to my mom, I was like, dude, I don't even know what happened. Oh like, my God. You did get through it though. And yeah. you're on your way to healing, whatever that yeah. means to you. Yeah. And I mean, the, like we asked you that question exactly for what you just said, basically, someone who's in that situation and might be struggling through that right now, a lot of people are like, oh, why don't you just, like, leave? But it's not as easy as that, you know? And you do what you need to do to protect yourself. Absolutely. I would honestly, if anybody ever looked at me and said, hey, Lexi, like, you should have just left. Like, Mm -hmm. I would be infuriated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not always just a way to leave. No. You know, it's so much harder than that because some of these cults, have like have people like tied down with financially emotionally and even physically like some people are out there worried for their lives Mm -hmm. and you're just going oh yeah why don't you just leave yeah there's there's no way to just get up and go no it's not that simple yeah it's a lot harder than that it's clearly not black and white when it comes to cults Mm -hmm. (laughs) no not at all wow do you have anything else you want to add? I am just, like, in awe right now. <laughs> well, um, it's especially, I mean, from your own perspective or anything more you'd like people who might stumble upon this podcast and are going through the same right. thing or a similar thing. Yeah. Um, if you don't, it's fine. We just wanted to give you a chance to throw anything in there that you may have forgotten. Yeah, we want you to use this platform the way you want to use it. Heck Yeah. Um, (laughs) so definitely like I said earlier like keep your head up like no matter who you are or where you are right now like that's something super important that I learned throughout my life is like you know it's okay to feel the way you're feeling like especially if you're in like a situation where you're being gaslighted or manipulated like I completely understand that that is so difficult because girl or guy or whoever I've been there too. <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not easy. Yeah. And you know, remember that you know your truth. Um, you know, I I hope that you find peace and comfort out there, no matter like what form that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, there's no shame in reaching out to help. I I definitely want to say that because. Um, you know, I didn't get into therapy till a couple years ago, but you know, there is nothing wrong with seeking help from a professional that can help you. Right. Um, you know, cause it, it, I totally understand that it is so hard to talk about these things because it brings up those memories that are, that are difficult in those times where you're like, well, maybe, maybe they were right, right. Maybe my cult leader was telling the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the hardest parts. And I just want to encourage people to like, to push through that because that is, that's the hardest part. And once that over, once that's over and you, you get the sense that you're free from them. It's such an amazing feeling. Like, um, my dad actually, um, I'm blocked on all platforms from him. 
so he doesn't talk to me anymore and I, uh, I feared that as a kid I was like what am I gonna do if my dad stops talking to me right. and ever since my dad stopped talking to me I've been living my life for myself yeah you needed to do what you needed to do to yeah. get through it and to continue a happy life mm-hmm. and I Absolutely. mean the therapy and you realizing that you know that's like the first part of healing mm-hmm. yeah but Lexi you are such an amazing and empowering woman and we are so grateful that you reached out to us and at, like we're honored yes. that you were on our <laughs> podcast <laughs> Of course. And maybe in the future you can come on back on and we could talk about, you know, a creepy story or something. Yeah. That would be so cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Like please please let us know how you're doing and like just update us. Update us, yeah. I will for sure. All right. Thank you so much, Lexi. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, so this isn't the end of the episode yet. Not yet. We decided to extend this a little bit by telling our own listener stories. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't want to just end it and leave you guys with the... I, although Lexi's story was amazing and we yeah. would love to end it with that, we didn't want your episode for the week that you've been looking forward to, yeah. hopefully, to, to be, be like, like 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to extend it a little bit. We both have really creepy stories that um, has happened to us throughout our lives that we were savings for like a special time to tell it and that time is now. Yeah, we're only going to do one each, Mm -hmm. but the time is now. Yeah. So my story didn't actually happen to me. It happened to my mom. Okay. And she told me. While I think I was a freshman in college, and I probably didn't tell anybody because I was fucking terrified. <gasps> I don't even think I told my roommate back then because I was literally terrified. I thought she would think I was crazy. I'm so excited to hear this because I somehow have never heard this story from yeah. Kelsey. So I'm a new l- listener just like you guys. It's not super long, but it is crazy. Okay. All right. So, um, I don't know if I have, I don't think I've ever mentioned this. I did mention that my mom passed away, but, um, I don't think I've ever mentioned her struggle with addiction, which she did struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, and when her, she was having a really rough patch or like a relapse, one of her relapses, she had this happen to her. So basically, um, just to give you a little background of her house, um, there was a top floor, with the living room, like, the kitchen, bathroom, and then her bedroom was there. Mm -hmm. And then at the time, my sister, uh, Elise, shout out Elise, was living in the basement of her house. Um, So they were roommates. They always called each other roommates. Aw, that's so sweet. So my mom was upstairs sleeping, and she she was really bad at sleeping. She had insomnia. She was just up all the time. So she said all of a sudden she started like, feeling, like, her bed shaking and this really, like, dark energy. Ew. Basically. Oh, oh, I have chills. Hold on. <laughs> I know. This really dark energy into the house, into her room. And I've said multiple times to her that that house was haunted and she's, like, blew it off. Whatever. Because I lived there with her for a little bit. Yeah. Um. So she said she felt, like, this dark energy come in and she 
and her bedroom had a picture of Mary and Jesus on the wall. You've told me that, because I was just going to ask, were there religious things on her wall? Yeah, So, you had to have told me that. Okay. Yeah. So, Mary and Jesus were hanging on the wall, um, and she got this horrible feeling, so uh-huh. she started praying to the pictures, like, on her wall. Like, she was looking at them, because they were next to her bed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... She feels like something touching her leg. Oh, God, no. I know. I literally want to cry thinking about it because it just freaks me out that she went through it. She, like, whips her sheets off. No, I can't. Hold on. I know. I'm scared. I know. I'm freaked out talking about it. Whips her sheets off and sees these, like, charred, burnt, like, hands on her legs, like, pulling her. And I'm sorry. It's, like, really freaky. This freaks me out. She said that she felt like it was, like, the devil, like, it symbolized the devil, like, pulling her to to hell hell. because she was relapsing and it was, like, almost, like, meant to be a wake-up call for her. Yeah. But that's what she felt it was. And she saw, like, these literal burnt hands, like, black, charred, burnt hands on her, like, pulling her. Oh, my God. That's so disturbing. Yeah. My... I have chills completely down my body. So... She's freaking out, screaming. I don't know how the fuck Elise didn't hear <laughs> any of this Elise going was on. Elise bopping down yeah, stairs. Yeah, she's watching TV, <laughs> not paying attention. Um, she was probably sleeping because it was in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And my mom's, like, screaming, like, please don't hurt my daughter. She's downstairs. Like, don't, like, don't go near her. Like, focus on me. That kind of stuff. Just, like, saying. And she... Um, saying anything. God, don't tell me she heard a deep voice or anything. Please. No, she didn't hear any voices, okay. Okay. but she's basically screaming like, please don't take me. Like, it's not my time to go anywhere yet. Like I will, I'll fight. I'll continue to fight. And that's basically when it stopped. Like the room stopped shake. like her bedroom stopped like feeling dark and her bed stopped shaking. And this is the creepiest fucking part of it all because no. it was so, <laughs> it was so like tactile. I was like crying on the phone. I was like, "Mom, what the fuck?" So she was freaked out. Couldn't sleep the rest of the night. Wakes up the next morning and throws up black in the sink, all black. She's like, "It wasn't blood. It wasn't like coffee ground emesis, like what a doctor would say." Yeah. It was straight black fluid. Oh, God. That makes me sick. And she said once she threw that up, up, she literally felt like a thousand pounds was lifted off of her and, like, something had physically left her. And she associated that leap, like, that thing. I don't even know what to say. I know. She associated that thing to being, like, her addiction and the darkness that came with it. And from then, from that point, that was her longest stretch of, like, being sober and clean and... Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. My eyes are, like, tearing up like crazy. I... I know. And she told me this a long time after the fact that it happened. And how was, did this... How did this conversation come about? Like, how did she... I don't even know. I don't remember because it was it was so long ago. I really don't. I was I remember her telling me it because I was sitting. I was actually sitting in my roommate's bed in college. And I was like looking out the window and I'm sitting there like what the f- like what the fuck are you talking about? Like I was 
mortified. And I didn't tell anybody because I was so scared. And I, I think I had a boyfriend at the time I did. And I didn't even tell him because I was so terrified. That is so disturbing. Yeah. And I just now told my other sister. Um, and she was like, why have you never told me this? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Elise, how did you not hear her screaming upstairs? Right? Like, leave me alone. Like, how did she not fucking hear that and think there was an intruder in the house? Um, I don't know. That is horrifying. I know. That makes me sick to my stomach. Like, I feel sick. I know. The worst part, though, was her throwing it up. Like, yeah. that, that literally, like, that pushed Ugh. me over the edge. Oh, God. I know. Well, thanks for sharing, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It still freaks me out to this day, and oh. I am horrified. I get. I think we're talking tonight. I guess our stories are life changing stories, and yeah, story haunted things that have happened that have scarred us. Because honestly, that's what mine is going to be about. I know, as well. and I've heard Brins before, but only once, and I don't remember the details of it. So I'm excited to hear it again. Okay, so basically, when I was younger, up until I think this happened when I was nineteen, twenty ish, mm-hmm. I loved scary movies. I loved ghost hunting. I lo- well, I still enjoy those things, but mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> I yeah, obviously. But I specifically would try to go to haunted houses, haunted places. Yeah. I loved like paranormal movies and par- paranormal activity. I had actually seen right after this event that I'm going oh, to talk about. Fuck that. And I was fucking scarred from it and couldn't sleep for days because of what happened. Oh, I don't want to interrupt you, but I didn't sleep for months without my light on after seeing Paranormal Activity. Yeah, and I used to love shit like that, and that movie scarred me. Yeah, me too. So basically, long story short, I loved all of that kind of stuff, and this was a life-changing event for me where I was a little more, uh cautious about certain places I went to. Oh my god. So one night I was driving around looking for haunted places or abandoned buildings to go into with my now fiance Timo Mm -hmm. and like I there were six of us so four of his friends because there were six of us total and first we ended up going into this uh it's basically an old um what's the name of the building? It's like an old retreat house type thing for church for church. Oh, um what is it? It's like called? an abbey. It's yeah. an old abbey, that's yes. what it's called. So we went into an old abbey first and nothing happened there. I didn't get any weird feelings. I was basically kind of more scared of there being people living in the basement that were gonna attack us for like invading their space. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like people just squatting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was more nervous about. So we ended up leaving there and we drive around to look for another place, and somehow we found this place, and I don't even know where it is now. I just know the road it was off of, and we got to this place, and when we pulled up, it was basically, so everyone can picture it in their minds, it was basically this house, and it almost looked like it was on stilts, kind of, like, to go into it, it was an open garage, and you could walk through the garage under 
to get oh. into the house. Okay. Okay. So, like, it must have been, you could park your cars kind of under. Kind of, like, I'm picturing, like, a beach house where, like, they have... Similar. Yeah? Yeah. Like, where you can park underneath. Yeah, because okay. we walked, to get into the house, we walked through and through, like, under and through the garage and walked up, up into the house. Okay. So, we start walking in and Timo right away to me, and he is not like this at all. He, like, turned to me and he was like, I have a really bad feeling. I don't want to go in here. Oh, my God. And he was getting all freaked out. And I was like, come on. Like, we're with your friends. Not him to like, say whatever. that, though. Yeah. He's not like that. For everyone listening, he's not <laughs> like that. So I was like, come on. Let's just go in. Whatever. So he's like, fine. And we start walking in. And then when we walked into the house, basically, we walked, like I said, through the garage up these stairs, through a door, into the house, and then when we walked into the house, there was, like, a layout on the bottom of the floor, and there was another staircase straight ahead. Okay. So, we started walking. I have the chills talking about it now. It freaks me out so much. We started <laughs> We started walking. I'm getting uncomfortable. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. <You're> welcome. <laughs> we started walking up the staircase to lead us upstairs into the house. Okay. And as we're walking up this staircase, never in my life have I felt like this since... Never in my life have I felt like this before. I was watching my legs walk up the stairs, and I was not moving them. Oh, my fucking God. Like, I so was, like it was like an out-of-body out like out experience where I was watching myself walk up the stairs. Like, from above? No. Like, from I was still viewpoint. in my viewpoint looking down, but I was not moving my legs. Like, I was not, like, oh. I was watching my legs go. That is literally terrifying. Yeah. Like, you're not in control almost. Yeah. Exactly. And as this was happening, I looked... There was, like, a wall going up the staircase next to us. I was seeing flashes of pictures going up the wall, and they were, like, old-time photos of people. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, flashes of them. Like, they weren't they really weren't there. They were actually there. No. <gasps> Ew. No. Do you remember any of, like, the faces or anything? Not now. They were, like, an old... It was older. Like, like they old was pictures. Yeah. So then I, like, started freaking out a little bit, and I'm almost at the top of the stairs, and I was, like, grabbing onto Timo, and he was, like, are you okay? And I was, like, no, no. And we all, we're almost at the top of the stairs, and I swear to God, in my head, I heard, like, a voice, basically. Like, it wasn't... Like, it's kind of now, like, now when I get, when spirit comes to me, yeah. for everyone listening, basically, the best way to explain it is, it's not actual voices you're hearing in your head. The way I receive messages, a lot of the time, it's, um, like, if you're reading a book, and you're reading the words, and you're reading them in your mind, yes. and, and, like, it's not a voice setting them, but it's you. in your mind yeah. as you're, it's like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of heard it like that, but it was a voice saying, get out right now. Get out or something bad's going to happen. Oh, like something telling God. me. Yeah. Ew, ew, ew. So I started freaking out. And at that point, I'm like, his friends are going to think I'm fucking crazy, but I really don't care. Like, I need to get out of this fucking house. Oh, my God. So we get, and I, then I, we get to the top and I keep hearing something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. And I was picturing someone like falling through a floor <gasps> or like, I was just picturing all this stuff. And I said to Timo, we need to get out of the house now. And he was like, what? And I said to everyone, I'm like, we need to get out of the fucking house now. Like, something really bad's going to happen. We have to leave. Mm -hmm. So everyone was like, okay. And they, like, we went out. I guess there was a side entrance. Because I remember we didn't walk back downstairs. We were upstairs. And we turned and just, like, walked out the side of the house. So it was, like, ground level there. Yeah. 
So then we walked back around to the front of the house, and as we're walking around, um, <laughs> where we walked in, and everyone was like, what the fuck? Where we walked in through the basement, there was now a rocking horse cut in half rocking. What? That was not there when we walked in, because we all would have noticed it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, So I then, chose. yeah, so then I'm like, freaking out, like, get in the car, we have to leave, we have to leave. I was completely freaking out and three of us get in the car no 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 four, sorry four of us get in the car remember there's six of us there mm-hmm. four of us get in the car and two people are like oh we're gonna have a cigarette before we leave mm-hmm. so they're outside smoking and meanwhile I'm like in the car like no we have to fucking leave all of a sudden we turn and we look and I'm like who is that there are three shadows standing outside there were only two people <laughs> out of the car no. Yeah. Standing by the people and I was that like, were smoking? Yes. And Ugh. I was like, who is that? Who is that? And Timo was like, I don't know. I don't know. So, like, he, he was, saw it, too. Yes. Yeah. What the so fuck? So, we the started, fuck? I started screaming, get in the fucking car, like, freaking out. Everyone comes in the car, and they're like, what's going on? And, T- like, Timo's like, we just need to leave. Like, we need to go home. So, the co- whole car ride home. Sorry, this is so long, everybody. That's okay. The whole car ride home. I was shivering, like, shaking, and this was in the summer. Oh, my God. And my heart was racing. I thought I was going to have, like, a heart attack. I was asking them to blast the heat for me, and they're like, it's so hot outside. What are you even talking about? And I was literally, like, shaking, like, quivering. And I remember leaning my head, like, against the car window to get, like, the, like, just, like, air. Like, Mm -hmm. just, like, I I needed something to... Like, wake you up. Yeah, yeah. And as we're driving down this road to get back home, in the car windows, I was seeing faces. What the fuck? Yeah. So then, basically, we get back to our car, we leave his friends, they all probably think I'm a whack job, if anyone, (laughs) any of you are listening, whatever. (laughs) Um... The, on the car ride home, this is the oddest thing, too, and Timo doesn't remember it happening now, and it happened. Ugh. On the car ride home back to his house, all of a sudden, I remember I was so scared, he started flooring it. Like, all of a sudden, pressing on no. the gas, and the car was literally like, like no. and I, like, was grabbing him, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, I don't know, I don't know, and he pulled over to the side of the road. What? And he was like, I'm freaking out right now, I don't know why. How does he not remember this? (gasps) He doesn't remember that part. And I'm like, Timo, do you remember, like, flooring the car? And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you pulled over to the side of the road, and you were like, I don't know why. Like, there was something making him (laughs) do it? I don't know. (laughs) So then, we get back, that night we slept at his parents' house, and, because we were, like, 19 or whatever, and that night we get back to his parents' house, and... The whole night, the dogs were going fucking crazy. Oh, no. At the house. They know. Yeah. And Timo and I went to go to sleep, and I turned him at one point, and I'm like, I feel like someone's watching us trying to sleep. Yeah, and Timo was like, it was going to sound weird, but me too. I feel like someone's looking at us. And I was like, I just need to close my eyes and go to bed. And he was like, but can we talk about tonight and what happened tonight? And at this point, we hadn't discussed anything that had happened except for him pulling to the side of the road and I was like not right now we'll talk about it in the morning I need to go to sleep because I was so freaked out Mm -hmm. the next morning 
we wake up and we start talking about stuff and everything that happened to me happened to him. He saw the pictures up the stairwell. Okay. What he the fuck? He saw the shadow thing. He saw faces in the windows on the car ride home. What the fuck? Yeah. Something Every- followed you guys. Yeah. How did it get out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was really, really freaked out about it and still am. But at the same time, now I think about it. I feel like now it would be so different. Yeah, but I would never go back to that house. No, ever. but if it happened. Yeah, but I actually talked about this with my one friend, Christina, recently. Shout out, Christina. I know you're listening because yeah. she listens to us. Um, and she had, like, pointed out to me that maybe it was someone who had passed there who knew that I had that gift before I even really knew. He was trying to communicate with yeah, you and it freaked you out. Yeah, and she's like, maybe something bad happened to them and they were literally making you walk in their footsteps, literally, feel... with what happened. And even though, like, even if I feel like you were in that situation now and it was truly bad and it wasn't, like, a good spirit, yeah, you would be able to control it more so now. Let's hope so. I feel like you would. Yeah. I don't know. I just know that experience was fucking life-changing for me. Life-changing. Like, my dad, he, my dad's an electrician, and he always used to, when he had jobs in houses that were haunted or really weird or whatever, he would be like, oh, come see this house. Like, Mm -hmm. At the people would either let us go see it or it was a house that was vacant that he was just doing electrical work in and he'd be like, come see this house. And I remember after all of this happened, either he asked me to watch some kind of movie with him or he wanted me to go to this one house and I was like, no. And he was like, what? Like, I thought you were into that stuff and I was like, I'm not to going. this extent, not anymore. Not anymore. But now I am more comfortable like with that. It. Yeah. That is literally life-changing. Wow. It was fucking terrifying. Now that we've told our traumas. <laughs> For real. And Timo's trauma. Because he and was Timo. also... that. I just... I was like, okay, I know this happened. Especially now that... He He had the same everything. fucking experience as me. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. And both Ew. of us were just horrified. And then literally, like, the week later, we saw Paranormal Activity. And half the movie... Half the movie... I was literally, like, covering my eyes because I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. That movie made me realize that I was horrified of paranormal <laughs> things. Like, that was, that's my fear. Well, that type. Like, it's Bad more, paranormal. It's, yeah, entities, Demons, not actual yeah. spirit. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember, too, I made Timo, I would sleep on the inside of the couch after that, and I made Timo sleep on the outside because I'm like, I'm not getting dragged off the fucking couch. <laughs> sorry, that's you. Yeah, sorry, you're the one who's going to be dragged. I'll just watch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well, well that's it let us know if you guys liked our <laughs> listener story <laughs> we have more we do we have tons more i have so many freaking stories when it comes to spirit especially now yeah and good ones not really scary yeah let us know if you liked us telling the story rather <laughs> than another listener and write in with your own listener stories because we know we you want, have them yeah we want you guys to be on here or at least Send ones that we can read, like we did for Max. It doesn't have to be crazy, either. Like, it could be the smallest, most minute thing that, like, you know, really made an impact on you or anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anything. So, 
Until next time. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Don't get dragged off your couch. (laughs) Or make your fiancé sleep on the outside. (laughs) Or as Kelsey would say, or do. (laughs) Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook